Karen. And I'm Lauren. And this is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. Sure don't. How's it going, Lauren? Are you eating? <laughs> I am eating. Um, a just... big old thick one, as you said earlier. <laughs> oh my God. Don't say that. It's a granola bar. It is I a have granola bar. To... Hi, listeners. It's Julia. Julia. <laughs> I'm sure. also here. Julia's here. She gave me this granola bar that is like a chewy bar, but like double the size. And I've never seen it before. <laughs> and there's a lot of jokes about how thick it is. So, <laughs> so <laughs> listeners will know that we love to like get distracted by food we've never had or seen before <laughs> on this podcast. It's a new development. Uh, so, uh, do you guys know what we're doing today? We're doing something a little different. Dude, I'm so excited for this today, okay. man. So right, uh, I love the game. Very oh competitive. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Well, this could be our last podcast ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have made, this has been a fun thing that has just kind of come organically through the podcast where we have been looking at uh, shows and, you know, as we look at shows, reviews come up. And one of the fun things about a review is like good reviews are awesome and they're usually like very well written and very mm-hmm. lovely. Bad reviews are also very well written in like the complete opposite way. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. scathing. So today, they're really fun to read. What I want to do is I have compiled a list of, like, 12-ish reviews from 12 different shows. Uh, most of the reviews are New York Times but, uh, from Brantley, and he's he retired and whatever. But um, I'm going to read you some quotes, and I will redact the information that would give it away. Sure. Your job is to potentially guess the show, hmm. uh, if you can, uh, and then we will take a little deeper look into the review itself if we need to. But I've pulled the best. I've read them all. So I pulled the best ones out that I can. Okay. So I have some questions. Yes. About are we keeping score? First of all, do you want to keep score? <laughs> is it is the Julia you question? My face. It says yes. yes. Okay. So yes. we're gonna keep. So that means we gotta have some rules, right? Okay. Okay. Sure. So, um, are we allowed to ask any questions? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say one question each. Okay. And you okay. can both. Here's what I'm gonna say. There's not a ring in doesn't make sense. So like you both just get a guess, and if you're right, okay. You, and you get right. You get one final answer, or yep. do you? Okay. So one guess, one question. My my next question is overall. Do does this exclude or not shows that we have covered on the pod already? Uh, there are. Or are you not going to answer that? That's okay if you don't. There are shows that Well, my question was going to be, like, what kind of range are we working with? Sure. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Some are definitely shows that were flops and closed. Mm -hmm. Some are not. Okay. Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And I will say some... Covered, but, like, a lot we have alluded to or, like, said in passing. But not okay. necessarily. But not necessarily done, like, a full sure. episode. Of. Okay. That, that we'll is helpful. Maybe that. we will in the future. I Now I feel like we got it. But. Okay. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Uh, so this first one, I'm going to read you the quotes that I've pulled. And, like I said, I'm going to have to take away some things. But I will leave in some names that I think are not known, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, this is uh, – these are the quotes I pulled – in the immortal words of this character, aye, a fierce primal scream of the kind this person is famous for as the performance and recording artist, it surely is surely the healthiest response to the agony of this show. The oh, jerry-built no. musical shrine that opened last night at the Broadhurst. This drippy version, written and directed with equal clunkiness by Don Scardino, oh. uh, and featuring a Muzak so like elevator music, Muzak, mm-hmm. assortment of his uh, songs suggests that he was a little lost boy looking for love in all the wrong places until he found his wife and discovered his inner adult. What in the world? Sure. So it's a jukebox. So, so, well, so in this way, yeah. Lauren and I can discuss without 
Sure. Oh, do we team up and try to figure it out together? I don't know. Sure, we've sure. abandoned I know it. That I, is I know this that Shred I versus Julia and Lauren now? No, no. Well, oh, in which, sure, oh, I get you the get the point if, if sure. we can't figure it okay. out. Sure, like sure. That that's maybe better okay. because mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm a I'm out loud uh, processor. So yeah, I'm going to have to talk it happened. out to try to figure out everything you just said. Okay. Yeah, so I agree with that. Let's okay. think it's a jukebox. I didn't really abandon our original premise. <laughs> Sorry. We're now doing immediately, it. We're, 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 immediately. We have taken a, a pivot. shifting. Hard pivot. <laughs> As right now. Go ahead. Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> okay. Sure. So. Jukebox about okay. somebody. What it the, the right? big cue is the, the like I like what is that? I don't know that what feels that like is at all. It feels that like is, I gotta that know. Is a big hint. Uh, it feels like I know it, but I don't know it. That's the thing okay. that's like killing me on this one. So it's a it's a jukebox show, per, perhaps about like a about the life of somebody, a famous performer who. Oh, at the end and the resolution is him finding his love. Lady love. Okay. Lady love. Question mark love. <laughs> Unclear. Doesn't sure, say. I mean, yeah. Now it's a game against me. I'm not going to help you. No, no, sure, we're not. Yeah. But no. do we get one question? We'll still okay. answer one question. Okay. okay. One question each? Uh, no, not your team. One no, question. we're. <laughs> uh, okay. Sure, fine. that does make sense. Yeah, um, good try. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's like, it's. I'm going to be so <laughs> mad when I know what it is. Too. I like that you just keep going. I. <laughs> Uh, well, it's a flop. We know that it is is some kind of. It's well, we assume successful. that it's some kind of flop because it is a pretty negative review. Um, yeah. Well, she said some of them are not flops, though. So yeah, that's yeah. possible too. Um, I don't know. Oh man, I don't know. Um, what are jukebox musicals we know that are like biographical? <laughs> sure. Well, I don't know that it's. Bi- I'm trying to think of uh, jukebox musicals about one person, one man. Yeah, Billy Joel is the first thing that came to oh mind. Oh my god, I know of that one. Yeah, but it's not about that's not about him. It, I know that's what I was gonna s- yeah. say. Is it's not like about his life. So I oh. don't. Ie is the big hint. That is so big, and I, I'm gonna be so mad when I when you tell us what it is because sure. I don't know if I have a guess. I'm gonna be honest. This one's hard. This is a hard one. Uh. Uh, okay, so. Well, okay, let's think of a question that will help us. Let's think of a question. We could ask about, like, perhaps the year. Either Ooh. the year it was released or okay. the year it was, or the setting. Well, now we've, this is going to be problematic for you, Lauren, because you're the one editing. I know. I'm too competitive, and I don't want to give it up. So uh, I will go way too long trying to figure out well, what it is. Well, maybe we put a little time limit. We should time limit this. <laughs> sure. Okay, so we'll go with question what, um... What oh should we go what what year this person was born like who whoever it's about oh the artist the, yeah like whoever the that would help jukebox well assuming that we're right that it's a jukebox um we what year was this artist born born okay let's do that let's and let's... it is a man right that was said in the oh, is that your question okay stop that. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm just happy to be here all right yeah let's ask that question sure so it covers his. It covers his life. Okay. Born in 1940, died in 1980. Oh, okay. 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 I. I. What? Born in 40, dead in 80. Okay. So died young. Yeah. Born in 40. I don't know. I, a, a singer, a performer. Yeah. Surely. It's, it's a jukebox be. musical of their work and times. Oh my and God. it covers their life. His uh, life. It doesn't cover his life, but a specific. Time chunk period. of his life. Mm-hmm. Chunk. This of is gonna life. make me so I, mad. I, this is gonna make me so mad for sure. 
Yeah, it is going to make me. Here's really the thing, angry. though. I'm going to tell you that potentially neither one of you knows a musical about this person exists. Well, then what the fuck? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, all right. Sure. I'm, I'm going to give up. I was get ready to give up a while ago. I'm going to be honest. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, that's fine. You're sure. Uh, the musical is Lennon. Based oh. on John Lennon. See, that was my, I was like, is it a Beatle? Sure. So, oh. it's, uh, in the immortal words of Yoko Ono. Hey. Oh, God the damn kind it. that Miss Ono is famous for. And basically, I took out all that. So it was just a little lost boy looking for love in all the wrong places until he found Yoko Ono. Yo, can I tell you, Lennon has been on my deep dive list, though, because sure. it is a flop. And I it like, is. I was like, oh, I got to talk sure. about that. I didn't know well, that there was a musical. Here's the, it, thing. here's the thing. That kind of makes sense, because honestly, amazing yeah. that there hasn't been like a Beatles musical. I mean, Across the Universe is a movie musical that right. exists, but it's not a... No one's right. ever put it on stage. Here's the thing. Musical. Lennon was a troublesome because... It just really should never have been made. And then it glosses over a lot of his, like, bad parts. Sure. Yeah. And Lennon is played by five different actors Ooh, because you're not supposed to, like, he doesn't embody one person and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. All right. Fine, fine, fine. Also, All right. I forgot we were recording for a second. And I was like, because <laughs> I got too into the you're game. So and I the forgot. Game sure. Guys, I'm... Well, that's a point for Karen. Really competitive. Oh, my God. So I 100% forgot we were recording a podcast because I was... So trying to figure it out. Ready for the next one? No, because here's guess. the thing. When, when she forgot she was recording, I was watching like the just the, <laughs> the, 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 the like dead air space. Sure. That was and I was I'm like, sorry, the listeners. editing is going to be sorry. so fun. Next one. Say amen, somebody, or better yet, just whimper the word. We finally come to the end of a hard run, overcrowded spring on Broadway, and here to sound the final trumpet is One Last Musical, a show that appropriately expresses how many a dedicated theater-goer go- theater must be feeling right now, plum-tuckered out. But Marla McGowan, who looks and acts as if she's just been dry-cleaned, is in the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is, that is a published review. It's sure. just like, this person is in the show. Sure. Oh my god! That's how it ends, though. It feels like I cut out some. Oh my god, that's so funny. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, here's Plum a hint. Tuckered I w- out. Here's is what I'm Plum tuckered out a hint? That yeah. feels that like a quote? clue. That's yeah, a feels quote. Like here's a quote. what I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a hint. Okay, thank you. It's based on a 1992 movie 92 starring Steve Martin. Movie starring Steve Martin. Oh, that's a huge hint that what? I just gave you because I feel bad. Sure. Plum tuckered out. Steve Martin. What? Plum tuckered out. I can hear him saying it. That's the annoying part about this now is I can hear him saying it. I have no, I mean, I have no earthly idea what this is. I. Do I know it? I don't know. You might. I mean, here's the, the only thing that came to my head as it, because we've covered it recently is Dirty Rotten, but I don't think it's that. It is not. Um, But I don't think it would have that bad of a review. No, I know it for sure would not have. Um, Damn. I don't know the answer to this. I also, I, here's the thing. Do you have a question? Would you like more hints? Well, I want another hint. How about that? Can we, you can I, answer it? You can maybe edit this out. Can you read it again? I, sure. Yeah. I lost track of it in the middle. <laughs> okay. Uh, say amen somebody, or better yet, just whimper the word. We've finally come to the end of a hard run, overcrowded spring on Broadway, and here to sound the final trumpet is one last musical, a show that appropriately expresses how many a dedicated theater goer must be feeling right now, plum tuckered out. Is the trumpet thing uh, a hint also? Is that an allusion to a pop, maybe? Here's what I'm going to tell you. And in this way, uh, this is like kind of a sneaky one. 
Uh, I'll give you more hints because y'all are struggling so hard. We are struggling. I'm feeling um, very lost yeah. with this one. Directed by Christopher Ashley. Okay. We just did a show directed by him. That, that was nothing. not very that doesn't good. doesn't really help me that much, no. <laughs> uh, Diana. Yeah. Um, and uh, music is by Alan Menken. What? Oh. Oh, 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 oh. In the world. Okay. I'm going to even give you this because this will potentially. Steve Martin. I don't think this will give it to you. Sure, Steve Martin in the movie. Yep. Um, Okay. The person playing the lead in this show is Raul Esperanza. What the? Sure. The only thing I know him in is Tick, Tick, Boom. Sure, he's in a bunch. He's been in a bunch. I'm sure, but I'm just saying, like, I don't. revival in, like, 98. I don't. I don't know. Oh, I did actually know that. Yeah, I did that's where that. I think I know him from. Anyway, um, nope, I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what this I is. I also feel fine about giving up. I do not know what this what is. What the fuck? Leap of Faith. Never oh even my heard god! That. No, I I've hear never even heard of it. Heard. Don't know what the hell is. It? <laughs> uh, oh boy. Sure. Uh, oh. starring Raúl Esparza and based on the 1992 movie of the same title, Leap of Faith is this season's black hole of a musical <gasps> comedy. Sucking the energy out of anyone who gets near it. Alan oh, Menken, though. That's goodness. a shocker. Sure. That includes its unfortunate cast. Oh, <gasps> Raul! Sure. It's not that the ensemble members, directed by Christopher Ashley and choreographed by Sergio Trujillo, don't work up a sweat, clapping their hands and slapping their thighs and raising their voices. Sure, it doesn't sound good. But you can Whoa. feel that the force isn't with them. Oh! As its title promises, Leap of Faith has a fair amount of leaping, the faith part is another matter. Oh my god! <laughs> sure, this review is that's something. funny. Uh, so, featuring songs by Alan Menken and Glenn Slater, lyrics with a book by Giannis Circone and Warren Leet. Leap of Faith tells the redemptive story of Jonas Nightingale, Raoul, a con man evangelist who is forced to re-examine his wicked ways. Well, maybe it's a redemptive story. It's typical of the show's bad faith that it hedges its bets. Huh. Uh, Mr. Esperanzas would seem to be a natural for such a part, charismatic, brings in the crowd. His onstage energy quotient is usually off the charts. He was terrific as the fork lightning tongue studio executive in uh, Speed the Plow and in more introspective mode as the commitment-fearing Urbanite in John Doyle's production of Company. Artfully, yeah. 2006, I said 98, that was wrong. Artfully mixed traits from one uh, from each and, in theory, you'd come up with Jonas Nightingale, a self-questioning seller of hope. Yet here, Mr. Esperanza seems to keep a chilly distance from his character, and mm. you realize the degree to which self-consciousness has always been part of his performances. In oh, faith, oh, doubt shit. emanates from his every pore, from his contemptuously curled mouth to his fast robotic line reading. Wow! This is not, to put it mildly, the right frame of mind for selling religion from a revival tent. Well, that... Dang. What a pan on... Sure. Sure. On him personally. Yeah, that feels like someone who heard him. This is one hitch, though. There's a skeptic in in Sweetwater, a beautiful, uh, you know, against his evangelical con man. A woman who has gone far too long without love. Shades of Marion the Librarian. Yeah. But Marla McGowan, Jessica Phillips, who looks and acts as if she's just been dry cleaned, is no book tender but the town sheriff who has the power to put Jonas in jail. Uh, Yeah, it is, like I said, uh, let's see. Oh, it's jokes, it's romantic scenes, it's dance numbers, it's interchangeable songs by Mr. Mankin. Um, all feel as though they had been pasted into place the night before. Yikes. Even the pacing of the show is self-defeating. No sooner does a dance number start to get a groove on, as in Dancing in the Devil's Shoes, led by the appealing Leslie Odom Jr. and Whoa! Crystal Joy Brown, than it changes direction and peters out. Oh my god! Sure. 
sure. Gospel is not Mr. Asperger's strong suit. When he belts out raise your hand invocations to divinity, he sounds like a second tier Tina Turner impersonator. <gasps> That's tough. He at least comes into his own in the show's penultimate number, the ardently delivered Jonas's soliloquy, in which he begs, give me something to believe in. The audience has been silently asking the same thing for the previous two oh hours. God. But in Leap of Faith, that prayer remains unanswered. Oh. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And scene. Oh, my God. Wow. Sure, that was a fun one. That was, oh, my God. Are they all this hard? No, I've got some more. I think you potentially get some. Some points. Some, Great. Some points. Potentially. Potentially. Gonna, potentially. Listen, I, picked, some I picked some that were the most scathing, so I feel all right about this. Sure. All right. Right, uh, next one. Shakespeare could imagine nothing worse than the rude mechanicals offering for the for Duke Theseus's wedding, Pyramus and Thisbe, now far surpassed by pyramids in Disney, or as they presume to call it, this show. In its earlier incarnations as Elaborate Lives, Atlanta 1998, I know what it, is. it featured a functional pyramid which had to be scrapped for malfunctioning. I myself would have kept the pyramid, however dysfunctional, oh. and scrapped the show. I think I know what it is. As heralded by stinkers like Saturday Night Fever, The Civil War, the undignifiedly disnified show is the new kind of musical in which nothing much works. But if it can reach the mightiest of target audiences, the ear, brain, and taste impaired, it can, borne aloft by Disney's deep pockets, run at least as forever as cats. Whew, that's... Sure. First of all, that's rude, and I don't know if I agree with this, because I believe this is Tim Rice's Aida. Aida. Guys, you got a point. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a high five. That's <laughs> well, a bad high five. It was a bad high five. I was trying to not hit the mic. Uh, no, no, I get you. I get glad you. Glad no one could see that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like true, awkward the pyramid thing. is what gave it away. Yeah. And then the, the Disney, Disney thing. thing well, Elaborate Lives is what got me because I know that that was the original title sure, of that show. I didn't sure. know that at all. But um, I love John that show. Rice. Yeah, Elton John was the only Sure, I'm surprised because I didn't realize. Dang. Elton John has concocted a score wherein everything sounds the same. I.e. tuneless, without even Ooh. enough theatrical savvy to make the particular tunelessness appropriate to the character who mouths it. Here's the thing. Uh, they they have a similar vibe, I would say. Like, that's fine. But I, I don't know if I, I agree that, that it is, is tuneless. Scathing. Um, that is, that's that tough. one was, like, mean. That's just mean. And that one was popular, though. Like, though that's what I was saying. for a while. I don't... Sure. Oh, oh, oh. Still reading. Uh, There's still more. Reading. Aida, faces, well, you guys. You know, Aida is Heather Headley, uh, Headley who, uh, you know, Wait, she's got a really distinct really voice. Good, it yeah. says, Aida is Heather Headley, ex-lioness from The Lion King, a tall, angular young woman whose acting consists of feral scowls, whose speaking voice is an ominous growl, and whose singing is a confrontational blend of bellowing and caterwauling. It appears it? that you sure. can take the girl out of the Lion King, but not the lioness out of the girl. That feels mean. Ouch, ouch, this ouch. all feels mean. This is like, just unnecessary. I'm going to be honest. As it appears. Sorry. Isn't Sherry Renee Scott the Amnerous, original? Amnerous, her rival in love, yeah. Sherry Renee yeah. Scott, there, chooses or is directed to impersonate, as Ben Brantley aptly noted, Tori Spelling on Beverly Hills 911. What the <laughs> Oh, my God. Jesus. This sure, is. Sure, and then Adam Pascal, tough. no? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Radames, Adam Pascal, formerly of Rent, boasts of not having had a single singing or acting lesson, which proves incontestable, and in that he has ignored the Puccini and Verdi originals as not to taint his ideas, an unnecessary precaution, as he seems free from anything resembling thought. Wow. Whoa. Wow, wow, wow. Sure, this, whoever wrote this review had a vendetta, it seems like, because these feel like... John Simon. And mm. this is from the New, uh, the New Yorker. 
Sure. I'm going to tell you, that review feels... Or New York Magazine. Uh, mercilessly yeah. mean for no reason. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. personal. That feels, that uh, feels this like, is who from, hurt you, buddy? And this is from the New York Magazine, so a departure from New York Times. But, sure. uh, yeah, it's... Uh, his. Uh, they talk a little bit about the set. His decor would be the pride of one of your classier automobile showrooms. His costumes are Las Vegas Ruritanian, except for a fashion show put on by... I'm nearest by her handmaids as runway models, which is straight out of Pharaoh Zigfi's nihilotic wet dreams. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Neolytic. Ne- neolytic? Ne- neolytic? 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 Yeah. That's got to be this. My dress has always been my strongest suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's a great song. So, yes. guys, good one. You got that one, but. Nailed it. Scathingly. That's harsh, bro. Sure. Sure. That was a harsh review. You ready? Yep. No. Uh, continue. Here we go. But audience members, strong enough to sit through this rickety jukebox of a show, which manages to purge all of the catchiness from the surprisingly catchy hits of this group, will discover that the production does not does have a reason to be an a noble one. This show sacrifices itself night after night and with considerable anguish to make all other musicals on Broadway look good. But it isn't just songs that have been borrowed and mutilated for this production, which features a blockheaded comic strip of a book by Richard Dresser, a respectable playwright who should know better. Every element in the show appears to have been cribbed in haste, as if on the morning of a final exam, from other, more agreeable musicals of the jukebox pop pistache genre, which is gradually devouring all of Broadway. Wow. Okay, so I agree with that last part. Yep. I don't love a jukebox musical. Sure. It, and they as we've are, said many sure. times, when done correctly, they're Great, fantastic. But becoming too common and sure. not good. Yeah. Um. So it's this is a jukebox no uh, based is. on a group. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I'll tell you, the actual review begins. Even those who believe everything on this planet is here for a purpose may have may at first have trouble justifying the existence <gasps> of the show. Wow. wow. Sure, a group. Dang. What are some group? The only thing that came to my head, which I don't know if this it fits this review, is Jersey Boys. Sure, Jersey Boys popped into my head, but that... But I don't think it was received this way. Well, that is the thing that I maybe now gonna just not think because obviously we read that I need a review yeah, and it was yeah. nasty so that's true it could um, be jersey could boys, be jersey boys. Um, um i don't know ain't too proud is more recent but i don't oh, know if that had bad re- i know nothing about how that show was received so i don't know if that could be it could be is is that the temptations yes yeah okay that's what i was say or it could be like well i was gonna say motown but motown the musicals are more of like a conglomeration i hope you maybe with further readings just think of the roster of dim, dispiriting shows that have opened this season. Brooklyn, Little Women, The Deceased Dracula. Each of these clunkers now feels like a high point of professionalism thanks to this show, which features a lot of washboard stomach performers who give the impression of having spent far more time in the gym than in the rehearsal studio. As they smile, wriggle, and squeak with the desperation of wet young things hung out to dry, you feel their pain. It is unlikely, however, to be more acute than yours. So, a guy group... Yeah. I think. And it was the same year as Little Women. Which I unfortunately do not know when that came out. I don't know either, but my gut is telling me it's close to Jersey Boys, if I'm being honest. Sure. Do Here's the thing. I have seen Jersey Boys on Broadway. Yeah. Did did they go shirtless? <laughs> I don't know if they did. What show know. has a shirtless, uh, shirtless guys guy that you would know their abs <laughs> situation? And are they wriggling is the question <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, oh, we get a question, though. Oh, damn. Okay. 
I forgot about that fun. You do get a question. Well, time. do we want to ask like what decade this group was popular in? Because that I think would help me a little bit. Sure, you that I feel fine about that. What decade? Mm, the sixties, I believe. Hold, please. Sure, if it was the sixties, Jersey Boys would check out. No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we go with it. I don't uh, because Jersey Boys. I went to see it on Broadway in two thousand. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. 60s. 2015, 2014? Okay. I think it's 15. So. Unless there's some other weird, like, yeah, I'm just going to. Here's the thing. Whatever. We can just guess Jersey Boys. We think it's Jersey Boys. (laughs) That's a point to Karen. Damn it. Yeah. Good Vibrations, the Beach Boys musical. I was wondering if it was Beach Boys, but I don't know that show. Oh. So, obviously. Yes, coming hard for sure, good it makes vibrations. Sense that they're shirtless. shirtless. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, because I was trying to think like what boy groups, and then I was like, I mean, Jer- uh, Beach Boys maybe, but I don't I know that, that they, they have a musical. Yeah, Jersey Boys, but it's, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know anything else. Uh, yes. Uh, basically, coming on the heels of like Mamma Mia, yeah. they were trying to kind of produce this, and it says uh, they talk about Mamma Mia, and it says, "Well, Good Vibrations dutifully calls from its hot ticket predecessors." The sum effect is a lumbering, brainless Frankenstein's monster stitched together from stolen body parts and stuffed into a wild bikini. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That's a good, that's some good imagery. From its cutely cliched script, which begins, once upon a time there was a far off land called California, to its haphazard choreography, the show feels as if it simply gave up on trying to figure out the balance of nostalgia and satire that can make this kind of showbiz exercise profitable. I think this musical is also one of the ones that I wanted to deep dive because... Uh, the I remember reading a synopsis and being like, "Oh, this is weird, sure. <laughs> so weird." Uh, this is, is it about them? Or yeah, is it- it's loosely based on them, and they're trying to chase a girl. Yeah, they're like Ooh. traveling across the yeah. country or some weird shit for like this girl, and uh, they pick up another girl. It's like a whole thing. Since the performers really aren't to blame for the aimlessness of Good Vibrations, I won't mention any of their names. Though there <gasps> are a few who make you feel that smiling should be outlawed for a while. Ooh. I'm surprised though by the sloppiness of staging and dance routines, since Mr. Carafa showed himself as a choreographer of promising winking wit with the recent New York productions of Town and Into the Woods. Uh, wow. The talented Heidi Enninger's cartoonish over-accessorized sets, beach balls galore, are tacky in a way that looks appealing in the campy windows of the Ricky's chain of cosmetic stores, but does not benefit from being blown up to Broadway proportions. Wow. Much of this could be forgiven if the song sounded any good. But despite the abiding infectiousness and seeming simplicity of the music of Brian Wilson, the brilliant mastermind of the Beach Boys and his collaborators, recreating these numbers is no easy task. Mr. Wilson is famous for laboring for long months in the studio to fine-tune the elaborately layered vocals and instrumentals that became a signature. A single flat note or a falsetto slip into a screech is enough to make the Wilson-stylish wall of sound come tumbling down. Suffice it to say that there is abundance of flat notes, literal and figurative, in Ooh. good vibrations. Ooh, no, no, no. Yikes. And Yikes. That is that. Wow, that's sure. tough. Sure, that one was a burn. That's a real burn. Uh, All right. This one is, uh, this next one is specific to um, a person being in this show, and and that's what I'll say about that. Okay. It's like specific to a, like a production Correct. of whatever show this is? Uh, yes. So um, do we have to guess the show or the person? I'm going to say show, but then extra points if you guess the person. Sure. Okay. Um, 
This person's performance in this hit revival of the Candor and Ebb musical, okay, okay, okay. still feisty after more than six years, has to qualify as one of the most bizarrely successful debuts in Broadway history. This person has only minimal command of the skills traditionally associated with musical I comedy. I think I know what it is. She dances very I little, was wondering about and that. her well-known baby doll voice has only Got a it. casual yes. relationship yes. <laughs> with Melody. I think I know what it is. I think I know, too. Why don't we talk it out first before we give her our final answer? Sure. Sure. Okay, do you want me to edit this out? Or no, 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 you talk okay, about okay. it. Wait, uh, on the count of three, ready? One, two, three, Cabaret. Chicago? Okay. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> times. Here's my thing. I thought it was BB New Earth in Chicago. I thought it was Emma Stone in Cabaret. Oh, that's probably a better one. Sure. I, she, yeah. Oh. But I don't know if I oh, would describe crap, oh, crap. her voice as baby doll. That was the first hint that made me think I was wrong. Here's the thing. I have always hated the BB New Earth recording of Chicago. Chicago. And so that's what, why I was like, oh my goodness, this, this is so bad. But sure. that's a really good. Oh. I think people like BB New Earth more yes. than, than that review to be like but, real. <laughs> okay, here's here's the question we can ask. What year did this review what year was this published? Because that could tell us. Sure. When did she do because Chicago's Chicago would have been much older. BB than Earth, BB New Earth. I don't know when that came out. Is that your question? What year was this written? Yes, sure. please. Two thousand three. Well, then you might be right. I don't know. Because who well, hold on. What I other Candor and Ebb musicals do we know? A ton from Dan. A ton. Yeah. Um it could be neither of these things, too. That would sure. be, like, we the can, real burn of this. Well, is like, obviously, it's not Cabaret. I'm wrong. We'll just say that to start. Question mark. I'm wrong about it being Emma Stone in Cabaret. Why, though? Why? That what was, year that do was you think recent. that was? It, it was, was too recent? It was... Because I don't remember even her being in it, if I'm being honest. Sure. It oh, was, she was post-La La Land. Oh, okay. So then, So yeah. it's way too... Yeah, La La Land was, like, 2000... Could it be Cabaret? Potentially. Oh, I just don't know of any production of Cabaret where they're, like, they're panning a specific person. Sure. Okay, okay, okay. So, possibly BB New Earth in Chicago. What other Candor and Ebb can we think of at this moment? Damn Yankees? Is that Candor and Ebb? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I uh, don't. Do you just want to guess the Chicago thing then? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I can't, my brain has gone blank. I cannot think of any other Candor Final answer, BB New Earth, Chicago. I will give you one point because Chicago is correct. Yes. Oh, wait. Okay. So wait, can we take a can we'll we, take a okay. pause to figure out who we think it is? Yeah, I mean, then? you don't get the point, but yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, well, I don't... That was the only name that came into my head. Baby New... Baby uh, Doll Voice. Baby Doll Voice. Eartha Kitt is a Baby Doll Voice, but it can't be her. Sure. In which it's not Roxy. It's... Or Velma. it is Roxy. It's, it's not Velma. Okay. And if Baby it, New Earth was Velma. I'm thinking if it's a Baby Doll and that's what they're like... Comparing uh, her to, then I would think sure. it was somebody who played Roxy. That maybe is smart or dumb. We don't know. Shut oh. up. Thank you. I don't know how to respond to that. Who was it? Oh my god, who was it? They were playing that. So good. Um. Okay, I'm gonna give you ten seconds. Sure. I we don't. I don't know. I don't know. Just tell us who it is. Yeah. Uh, it's Melanie Griffith. Oh, oh, what in the? Okay. Got as who? Uh, as Roxy. So oh, it says. Um, but this. Uh, Talks about the show still long running. One slightly bruised looking blonde with stairway to heaven legs and a cool air of come and get me composure. Nice. Uh, that's how that's, it would be described. That's the movie star Melanie Griffith, a virgin in the world of live performance who has taken over the role of Roxy Hart and who sweetly hijacks the show from an army of hardworking Broadway veterans without even breaking a sweat. 
Miss Griffith's performance in this hit revival of the Canada Nub musical, still feisty after more than six years, has to qualify as one of the most bizarrely successful debuts in Broadway history. Miss huh. Griffith only has a minimal command of skills traditionally associated with musical comedy. <laughs> Damn. She dances very little, and her well-known baby doll voice has only a casual relationship with Melody. Yet, yes, Miss Griffith is a sensational Roxy, possibly the most convincing I have seen. Hmm. This doesn't mean that she gives the most electric or crowd-stirring interpretation uh, ever of the aging jazz baby turned killer. How could that be with her predecessors? When her predecessors include Gwen Verdon, Anne Ranking, sure. and Renee Zellweger, who deserve to win the Oscar for her portrayal in this year's film version. Here's the thing. No, just kidding. He says as a statement. What Miss Griffith offers is a powerful and instinctive empathy for the part, which she walks into as if it were a longtime lover's embrace. Hmm. Since she swam into celebrity as a vixenish teenager in 1975 film Night Moves, Miss Griffith has exhaled a scary, seductive aura of corrupted innocence. Hmm. Or is it innocent corruption? Uh, so yeah, so basically it goes on. To, he gives a kind of a positive <clears throat> review, but with like little it's backhanded like, compliments. Su- surprisingly sure. positive. I I do remember hearing this and not liking her voice. I remember being like really weird. Sure, yep. I've never heard it. Oh, uh-huh. it's, it's baby doll. It's weird and in, in not a good way. <laughs> yep, baby doll, not a good way. Um, that is the production with Phoebe Newworth, though, right? Am I right on that? This one? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh. I think it was a- it came after. It doesn't say who the Velma was, but it does say. Um, <laughs> Sure, only a few hip wriggles and sachets. Um, <laughs> why should Roxy exhaust herself dancing when the perks of being famous include hiring people to do tiring stuff for you? <laughs> that means, of course, that Chicago has been retailored to Miss Griffith's particular talents. The other Roxies in this revival have used that same time to show off fancy dancing. And, un- sure. and unlike Miss Zellweger in the movie, who bravely walled in her character's mediocrity, Miss Griffith doesn't try to emulate the pros. She executes the modified dance steps in Me and My Baby in the show's finale with almost indolent ease uh and in the in song she doesn't belt or riff but lets her voice wander wistfully beguilingly conversationally and thanks to body miking perfectly clearly huh that's really interesting because like roxy is not a hard role to sing it's, not. it's pretty pretty simple that's really weird so yeah so okay. uh we got a point though you guys got you got a point for that one. go team good job we're catching up karen we're gonna get you i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna i'm I'm going to tell you this one, uh, and we we kind of actually already... I'm going to skip this one. It, I had Diana on this list as well. Oh, okay. Because... Oh, hey, biffed Diana. it. Sorry. You biffed it. No, That's you didn't okay. biff it. It's okay. Uh, here we go. This one has a lot of hints. A man in drag? Come on, it's 2021. That's just another night in the city. Lines from the movie having a penis have been exercised, and in a surface-level attempt to make a long-suffering wife a more feminist and sympathetic figure, the show's creators have made her owner of a body-positive activewear line called M-Body. The pseudo-feminist song that she sings during a fashion show, Shape of Things to Come, is painfully punny, inspirational poster masquerading as a piece of music. Shape of Things to Come. Sure. This came out in 2021, then? Sure, it's recent. I don't know. Does that mean this musical debuted last year? Oh, no. My computer's frozen. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Oh. Sure. Shape of Things to Come. That sounds familiar. A Man in Drag. Man in Drag. Is it the Birdcage? I I I literally have no idea. A Man in Drag, The Shape of Things to Come. Well, what was the commentary on that? Like, that? what's the point of having a man in drag? Because that's, like... That's not weird anymore? Yeah. Uh, that's a night out in New York City. Well, but, yeah, my point being, like, 
nobody what's the reasoning behind like having that i i guess i don't know i'm confused yeah i'm i'm really confused things to come um man and drag and oh my gosh 2021 sure new new yes which means i have no idea oh my gosh is it okay i think i have my question okay because this is a really common thing for broadway to do is it a movie that they have adapted for a musical yes oh that was lauren that was in in the review it was (laughs) (laughs) fuck (laughs) then then that shouldn't count as our question because you just reiterated something you've already said damn it Julia, I screwed it up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Just quiet, Lauren. That was in the review. <laughs> no. Sure, I was trying I to. I was like know. focused on okay. other shit. Uh, I still don't know. Can we so ask a follow up question? You to the can, follow-up I will give question? you a follow up question. Okay. Do you want to ask it? Go I ahead, Lauren. <laughs> okay. What year did the original film come out? Okay, that's Ooh, I can okay, lie that's about a good that. Question. Thank you. So I've redeemed myself. <laughs> Hold, please. Uh, that the search. <laughs> I was right. I knew this. I didn't need to look it up. 1993. Okay, Whoa. not helpful. Um, <laughs> But. Sure, in which they waited 30 years to. I'm going to tell you, what's interesting is, in the last Wait, like is... three-ish years, there have been several shows on Broadway. So many. Based on old movies. Yeah. About men in drag. Yes. What? I don't know. I. Here's the thing. I don't remember. Another follow-up. No. no. <laughs> Another follow-up no, no, no. question. No, no, no. I do. There's more follow-up. I don't remember The Birdcage that well, the movie, but I know there's a guy in drag. But that's the best I it. got. I really don't know. Because I know all. that there was recently a musical that, like, was based on The Birdcage that was not that successful. I'm trying to even think but I of think musicals there's more, that came out. <gasps> What's your guess? Uh... Oh my god, you're gonna. Okay. Wait a sec. Hang on. No, because I feel like there's another thing in my head and I can't get the title of it, though. It's not Ghost. Is it Ghost? No. No, it's not Ghost. (laughs) No, Ghost is older than 2021. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sure. Is it Ghost? No. No, there is one that, like, I remember hearing about and then being like, I'm sorry, this is a musical. Why? We're gonna have to guess the birdcage yeah, because I don't, I don't know anything else. But it's the not the birdcage. Mrs. Doubtfire. God oh, damn it! That okay? I knew that too. Sure. See, well, that makes so much more <sighs> sense now. That okay? Anyway, whatever. but the shape weird thing throws me off. Oh, oh, that's okay. No, it doesn't. I got it now. In 1993, Ugh. a film about an irresponsible father dressing up as a woman to manipulate his way back into his family's life Probably was a barrel of laughs. A man in a dress. Classic. He does impressions even better. He tries to sabotage his wife's new relationship. Comedy gold. Truly, it was a different time. And it was. was. Uh, And that was the main challenge for stage adaption of Mrs. Doubtfire. Sure is. That it was 30 years outdated Mm -hmm. and not funny anymore. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire simultaneously tries to replicate an outdated story and update it for the times. But the show only ends up cowering in the original film's shadow. And speaking yeah, of shadows, there's the outsized one of the incomparable Robin Williams. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, hey, listen. Birdcage, also Robin Williams movie. So I don't, listen, I feel like I should close. get half a point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, 
The film pulled it off primarily thanks to William's charm. However, yeah. and Rob McClure is playing Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Rob McClure's Daniel, though, is more irritating than entertaining, and his antics, which include hacking into his wife's email account to sabotage her nanny search, are more creepy than kooky. Don't like that. Yep. No, that's weird. Um, Here's the thing. That movie, yeah, I agree with that a lot because that movie had a lot of success for a lot of reasons, and most of them were Robin Williams. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, it, there are problematic listen, themes in it. It says, <laughs> But would Williams have fared much better in 2021 when the toxicity of this male character's actions would raise alarms? Yeah. That strain is everywhere in this production, whose 18-month pandemic hiatus coincided with renewed conversations about race, gender, mm -hmm. and, equal and equality. Yeah. And also, problematic treatment of your partner, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yep. All around Oof. pretty rough. It's, uh, here's the thing. It's, uh, this is like maybe the burn too. Frank and Andre, who play a gay couple and uh, Daniel's brother, who get a paper-thin storyline about adopting a child, by the way, are oh. very loosely meant to serve as the gay conscience of a decidedly hetero production. So they go along with the scheme, occasionally popping in for some comic relief. In one number, they also get a personal ensemble of male stylists snapping and flicking their wrists, because even the show's gay stereotypes are dull. Yikes. Sure. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, where we maybe leave, like, a beloved movie alone. Because, like, alone. even still now, I don't hate the movie. Like, yeah. I think no, it's great. No, I don't. It holds up, even though, like, if you did it today, it'd be, like, real problematic. But, like, it, you just recognize the 90s were weird. And I also think that, like, the way Robin Williams does that f does that character... It, and plays it. It <sighs> does come across as, like, he is just doing it because he wants she to, like, wants to be with his kids. With his kids. Yeah. It, Listen, it says the most, the biggest laughs are still the ones that are almost identical to the ones in the film. Sure. With the, the musical cake. is Hello. stuffed with unnecessary additions, <clears throat> mostly in the form of several awkwardly incorporated or homolytic songs. Mm. Mrs. Doubtfire's iconic vacuum dance scene, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, we all is know not done to Aerosmith's perfect dude looks like a lady. No. But with the decidedly less catchy original song, Rockin' Now. Nope. Hmm. Which I hate, hate it. Um,. Okay, hate that. Sure. Right. So this was not a good one. Oh, I'm so mad because I like I you, had you Doubtfire sure, in my brain, sense. like in the very back, where it was like, you know, it's a song, you know, it's Robin Williams, and I said, uh, Lauren, this next one is maybe for you. Oh no. Uh, okay. In what way? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and here it is, looming like a giant stuffed bat on a stick, the easiest target on Broadway. <laughs> This musical, which sets the familiar tale of old Snaggletooth to the familiar music of Frank Wildhorn, mm -hmm. creaked open last night at the Belasco Theater with all the animation, suspense, and sex appeal of a Victorian waxworks in a seaside amusement park. Wow. Expectations were exceedingly low for this latest huh. offering from the unstoppable Mr. Wildhorn. Um, we know what he composed. We know um, that. And expectations <laughs> have not been disappointed. So go ahead, take your shots. Say something if you must about the toothlessness or bloodlessness of, or <laughs> the un or the kindness of hammering stakes into the hearts of the undead shows. Sure, that was a Think pretty of dead every <laughs> appropriate yeah. variation you can involving the verbs to bite and to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now that that's out of your system, perhaps you'll concede that it just isn't much fun to trash something that's so eminently obviously trashable dracula <laughs> nice 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 and it's the the frank wildhorn version that yep. takes itself seriously correct because yeah. i don't like dracula the musical question mark the spoof i don't know if it was ever on broadway but sure. it is um, funny this review is entitled the bad awakens stretches yawns <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> 
Sure. Okay, speaking of musicals, uh, this is this is dumb, but uh, I'm going to pivot for a minute because when I was in high school, Twilight was real popular, right? Okay. Love speaking that. of vampires, love that, right? I love that. I literally watched all of the movies this past Yes, yes you did. At work. <laughs> love that for you. Um, when they were on Netflix, I also had like a day where I binged them yeah, and I was yeah. like, this is a good choice. Because they're making, it's like making a resurgence it right is, now. Like is. all my students, we talked about, my seventh grade altos talked about how we were all team Edward the other day. And I was uh, like, love okay, that for okay. us. Obviously. So, when I was in high school, we, my friends and I were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to write a spoof musical about Twilight. And it was like Forbidden Broadway style where we just took musicals that like songs that had already existed and rewrote the lyrics to them. Yeah, yeah. So like one day on this podcast, I maybe will bust out some of my old lyrics to like Bella as sure, sung by, funny. <laughs> like as done by, it's like the opening number was the opening number to company. So instead of Bobby, uh, it was like Bella. <laughs> Sure. It's stupid. Good. I love that. Yeah. So that maybe that will be like a a, a day where we do that because I think my friends would get a kick out of it. <laughs> sure. Just a sentence in this review says, it is bad and boring. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, no. Sure. Oh, man. It says. Uh, where that's not even mean anymore. It's here, just like. Here, no, it's just here uh, it is. Ben Brantley has created a list of good things about the musical. Oh, no. The show is perfectly safe for people with heart conditions. <laughs> Though the production features the inevitable shooting of guns, hammering of stakes, and biting of necks, it is guaranteed never, ever to raise anyone's pulse, let alone induce screams and shivers. Wow. Wow. Um, wow, wow, wow. Sure. It plods, plot point by plot point, over the terrain, first landscaped by Bram Stoker, and covered in a multitude of films. Two, you don't have to give it your full attention. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Dracula provides the perfect refuge for orators looking for someone to ponder quietly the details of their presentations. If you already know the story of Dracula as put forth by Stoker in Hollywood, you will find nothing surprising here. If you don't know the story, you will find it impossible to follow. Sure. The show assumes the audience's full acquaintance with the source material and delivers much of its crucial exposition through sung lyrics that are not always intelligible. Do not, repeat, do not fall into the trap of trying to justify the logic of the would-be vampire killer's methods of extermination, the consideration of which consumes a lot of stage time. That way madness lies. Three, there is no danger of gooey, irresistible melodies sticking to your memory. (laughs) Though the songs have promisingly top 40-ish titles like Forever Young and Life After Life, they are unlikely to be recorded by Rod Stewart or Cher. Mr. Wildhorn may be famous for creating rafter-rattling soft rock anthems that are heard at sporting events and beauty pageants, i.e. this is the moment from Jekyll and Hyde. There it is. But for Dracula, he has created a score that is mostly rambling, monotonous pop recitative. It is performed by a six-piece orchestra in an advertisement for the ear-drowning capabilities of synthesizers. Only one number, which doesn't make much sense in terms of the stories, but no, don't think about that, feels like a candidate for a Streisand uh, Barbara Streisand album. It is, car- it is called The Heart is Slow to Learn and is sung in a lovely voice by the ever-lovely Melissa Errico, who really deserves better. Okay, that's nice. Four. Oh, hey, at more. least the show provides jobs for talented performers like oh. Mr. Hewitt and Miss Errico, Kelly O'Hara as another Rose, the <gasps> one who was plucked, what? and Stephen McKinley what? Henderson as Dracula's nemesis, Abraham Van Helsing. Of course, wow. it must be tiring to deliver all those earnest lines so earnestly. This production chooses not to take the show uh, now traditional camp route. On the other hand, though, the show credits include choreographer Mindy Cooper. No one is asked to do, no one is asked to move very much. Mostly, people just stand around with fixed, empty stares and frozen, arched neck stances. Even when he is flying, Dracula's posture is unbendingly straight back as that of a butler's butler. <laughs> 
Mr. <laughs> Miss Erico and Miss O'Hara, for the record, do indeed ex- do indeed expose parts of their bodies that Victorian ladies always kept under wraps, <gasps> but only very briefly. I'm sorry, but only very briefly and needlessly. The producers' <laughs> earlier plans to present special shoulders? G-rated nudity-free matinees have been scratched. What? <laughs> Five. What? Dracula is a boon to the fabric industry. The show, with its extensive wardrobe of full trains and capes, probably uses more cloth per character than any other musical on Broadway. Wow. Catherine Zuber has whipped up a host of handsomely, stately, late Victorian ensembles, as well as Victoria's secret-style lingerie for the lusty vampirettes. Nice. The show's set designer, Heidi Edinger, That's my new dream role, a vampirette. Goes for the more eclectic approach, suggesting Art Nouveau, Tiffany-style stained glass, and morbidly sentimental churchyard statuary. Channel through the head-trippy sensibility of the Hammer studio of the Hammer studio horror films of the 1960s. Oh my gosh. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, there's one more. Yeah, this is going on. Okay. Because none of the characters seem remotely real or even comprehensible, Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to worry about feeling bad when they are killed off. There is, however, one person on stage with whom you may identify. That's Arthur Holmwood, Chris Hotch, the husband of the doomed sweet Lucy, Miss O'Hara. Arthur's most pronounced personality trait, as an early song explains, is being boring. Wow. He is first seen dozing happily in an armchair. There is, after all, nothing going on around him that would keep him awake. Oh my gosh. And that is that. Wow, that's tough. That's real tough. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm going to give you two more. Okay. Uh, And this one is interesting because, to me, well, there may never, they may, sorry, there may never have been a musical that made more people angry before its Broadway debut than this show. So take your rage with you to the Broadway theater where this show opened last night and hold on tight. Then see just how long you can cling to the anger when confronted by the work itself. Uh, For all that seems galling about the show, and for all that is indeed simplistic, derivative, and at odd instances laughable about, this musical is a gripping entertainment of the old school. It's a little bit of a... It's a vague... It made people mad. It is a vague review. Um, It made people angry and... Okay. That's all we got. Hmm. I don't know. Here's a show with something everyone for something everyone can resent, in principle at least. It's star it's imported stars. Okay. Um, playing roles that neglected Asian American performers Uh-oh. feel are rightly theirs. Its top ticket price of a hundred dollars is a new Broadway high, um, sprung by an Amer- English producer. Um, more incendiary still is the musical's content. A loose adaptation of Madame Butterfly. Oh, I got it. Oh, yeah. Sure, I'm giving you all the hints at this point. Sure. Well, the well, Asian thing I wouldn't have that, gotten necessarily. Yeah, because now That's you actually gave us things. context. Yeah. No. Um, sure, it's Miss Saigon. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. Wow. Uh, challenged perhaps by the ill will that greeted their every move, the evening's creators, led by director Nicholas Heitner, have given New York a far sharper version of Miss Saigon than the originally staged in London. Well, because... Sure, so this is the review for the original Broadway, Broadway production. Correct. Because I forgot that they redid it, obviously, yep. much later, and it, like, got better. Because they I did, did forget use, that. <laughs> uh, the right actors. Sure. A Jonathan Price, a super white man, played an 
uh, dude from Saigon. Sure, French French Vietnamese, I think, Correct. is supposed to be his. Yeah. And that was their argument. That was like Correct. what they... he's French? Yes. yes. Oh, get out of here. That was their like, oh, way my God. to rationalize it, where they were like, but he is half French, so he is half white. And everybody was like, you're dumb. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. That's Correct. terrible. Oh, boy. But eventually they won, and it ended up going to Broadway. Like, because there were... Yikes. What what ha- happened? Somebody, like... I think the actors' equity or something yeah. were like, no, you're not bringing this to Broadway. You're not allowed. Like, we will not have it here. And then they eventually won, and they brought it to Broadway. Sure. Uh, if I you're mean, that guy, though, wouldn't you at some point just be like, you know, I'm going to find another job, and it's going to be okay? Yeah. Like, yep. that's wild. It's... I mean, here's the thing. This one was a quick one, because you guys got it, but... It, the well, review is actually more struggle. less of a review and more just like a chat about the things that happen. Sure, um, huh? I did not the, know that about Saigon. The, some of the complaints are using the Vietnam War, arguably one of America's like greatest conflicts, like where not everybody was like we're in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like was a choice, um, and then just the story itself is like, huh. but it came on the heels of like those big flashy musicals like Les Mis, yeah. Phantom, Cats, like all those types yeah. of shows. So it kind of lives in that. To me, it lives in that. But the big standout here is Leah Salong, who yeah, she's really good. she was great. Uh, One of her better known roles. Didn't the same dudes that wrote Les Mis write some of the music for Saigon? Am I making that up? You're correct. No, right. cool, cool, cool. Uh, okay. Schoenberg. Schoenberg. Claude Michel Schoenberg and like Elaine Boubail or something. Yep. How do you say his name? I don't know. I just made that up. But I know how to like see it in my head. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. This French. Uh, here we go. This is your last one. Last okay. one. Is, are we tied We're right tied now? Up. Oh, this is a tiebreaker. not even possible? Since we got butterfly. Okay. <laughs> sure. She gave it to us. Big giant <laughs> Alright, here we um, go. Imagine, if you dare, Uh-oh. the agonies of the talented people trapped inside the collapsing tomb called this show <laughs> being oh in this genuinely ghastly musical uh and stars uh, a shamefully squandered people you must feel like going to a halloween party in a straight jacket or a suit of armor sure you make a flashy if obvious first impression but then you're stuck in the darn thing for the rest of the night and it's really really uncomfortable that's hilarious why you can barely move and a strangled voice inside you keeps gasping Help! Get me out of here. <laughs> that silent scream rises like a baleful ectoplasm from a production that generally offers little to shiver about, at least not in any pleasurable way. Okay. Sure, so, uh... Here's the thing. A revival, right? Did, did, they say, did they say revival? Well, just at the end there made me think that it was a revival. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure, sure, lots of famous... People apparently. apparently a lot of famous people in it. Lots of stars. That are squandered. The word the, the word ectoplasm made me think that like and the Halloween stuff. I wonder. I could be making this up completely, but I wonder if they, did they do Ghostbusters on Broadway? Is this oh, a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe it's <laughs> not. They they've revived it a lot in well, the movie, no. so maybe not. Here's what I'm gonna say. No, because if there was a Ghostbusters musical with a bunch of stars, yeah, I we think we would have known about That's it. Fair. <laughs> we would know that it, it exists. Is it Ghost? <laughs> is this one Ghost? No, because there's nobody famous in Ghost. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, <laughs> I just that's sure. where I guess for everything. Now. Bringing it's it like, back it's to ghost. every. <laughs> is it Ghost? It's a Ghost. Could it be Ghost? Uh, <laughs> hey, I have a question. Okay. Is it Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> that's not our question. Your question. No, um, I would say for our question, I would just ask for a hint. 
That's fine. Because this is vague enough that I feel like I don't really have any follow-up questions. I, yeah, than, like, I really don't what even is, know what to ask. Can I have a hint? a hint? Yeah, is that a... Uh, could we at, could, could we, we ask for a hint? Oh, can I... Can you ask for a hint? No. Okay, my, then I have a question. Uh, okay, sure. Can I ask for a person who like is... a cast member? One of the... M- redacted cast members? Yeah, redacted cast members. Famous Nathan, Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Is it Adam's family? Nathan <gasps> Lane, oh, New Earth, the Halloween stuff. Yeah, Kevin yeah, yeah. Chamberlain. There you go. It's Adam's family. Of- <gasps> yes, sure. that's our final answer. We win. Well, you won, but you know, yeah, you well, win. <laughs> we uh, won. We won with by collusion. <laughs> um, so sure. Um, let's see. I mean, listen, it did I not get good reviews, which is interesting because I think it did pretty sure, well. Sure, Carol. Uh, What's her name? What's happening? Well, I'm thinking of other people that were in it. Oh, Carol Lee. Wednesday? No. Uh, she played... Krista um, Rodriguez. Sure. Krista Rodriguez was... Carolee um, Carmelo. Thank you. That's what was I was she trying to get to. Something? She played um, Lucas's mom. Oh, Alice. Okay. Um. So, sure. I read the scathing opening. Yeah, um, that's tough. That is it. Here's what I'll say. I don't know if I disagree with some of the things that are about to we're about sure. to hear because I have seen Adam's family fairly recently and I fun kinda, but that second act is tough to get through. It's sure. a, a little bit of a drag. I uh, sure have some kind of sentimental thoughts you and were, feelings. You, about you it played I Morticia, right? I yeah. played Morticia yeah, my senior happened. year of high school. My big that was my big role. That was my big show. That's a good role. Uh, That's while I was fun. in high school. So well, I had a lot of fun doing the show, and I found it well, to be very it. funny. But, it is funny. Um, I like it. Go ahead. Uh, the it I. says, um, it is true that the show has moments that quote directly from the Adams original captions, but those captions were for a limited number, number of single panel cartoons. So what to do for the rest of the evening? The answer, to borrow from Irving Berlin, is everything the traffic will allow. <laughs> a tepid, ghoulish, uh, oh, I'm sorry, a tepid goulash of vaudeville song and dance routines, borscht belt jokes, stingless sitcom zingers, and homey romantic plot lines that were mossy in the age of father knows best, the Amish family is most distinctive for its wholesale inability to hold on to a consistent tone or an internal logic. Sure. Oh. Sure. Dang. Tough review. That is sure. tough. Uh, plus, I didn't know this. The show, which was previously staged in Chicago, has a troubled past. The original directors, Fellow McDermott and Julian Crouch, also the production's designers, still retain their director credit, but Jerry Zachs, identified in the program as a creative consultant, is known to have reworked the show. Hmm. It, the look is Charles Adams' run-through of Xerox enlarger, though it makes witty use of the classic red velvet curtain. Huh. What's more surprising is the ragbag nature of the script, which seems to be shaped by an assortment of mismatched approaches. The show begins with the expected milking of classic Adam's perversity, in which morbidity is automatically substituted for cheerfulness. Mm-hmm. For somewhere along the way, the plot becomes a costume party rehash of the proper boy meets girl from Crazy Family storyline that dates back to You Can't Take It With You. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it is a little You Can't Take It With You. Wow, I didn't even catch which that. Which was the other show that we did my senior year. Oh, nice, school. nice, nice. <laughs> sure, uh, sure it was. Yeah. That's funny. I did. I never even made that connection. That's so funny. Sure. Um, I don't know how it's like directly ripped off too. Like <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, sure. But it turns out that all of us are strange in our own ways. Uh, that love conquers all, and the Morticia and Gomez are really just a pair of old softies who worry about the same things that all mom and dads do, like getting older and seeing their children leave the nest. These worries have been set to blandly generic music by Mr. Lippa. 
Sure. Uh, and I and though the I show makes that, fun of the greeting like card perkiness of Alice, who writes poems, listens to, listen to what Gomez sings to his daughter. Life is full of contradictions every inch a mile. Yeah. At the moment we start weeping, that's when we should smile. Sure. Uh, they make Gomez like the ultimate like soft dad sure. in, mm-hmm. in the musical uh this is fun though encumbered with a spanish accent that slides into transylvania mr <laughs> lane is in fine voice and brings a star troopers energy and polish to one wane number after another uh miss newworth whose priceless deadpan manner is one of broadway's greatest assets here uses it as a means of distancing herself from an icky show and a formless oh, heart. Oh, man. Sure. Aw, <laughs> New Earth. Everyone else tries not to look embarrassed, though it's not easy in a show that relies on a giant squid to solve its plot problems. Makes Uncle Fester a cloyingly whimsical sentimentalist. He's in love with the moon. squid in this show? And transforms uh, Grandma into, into an <gasps> old acid head of Woodstock. Sure, I was like, what? I'm going to tell you. Uh, I obviously did not. I, I did, not I did the, the show. Not in the high school. Not in, like, the. I don't think it's in the. A version you can license now. It's, it's not. not okay. It's, I was like, the, the, the squid thing is uh, like a Broadway only time <laughs> that they okay. cut out when they. You know, the, the moon device. thing should also have been a Broadway I, only time. Listen, if I'm I being don't honest. disagree with this review necessarily, and the part <laughs> that I found hard. Um, uh, you were great in it, bud. Thank you. Is uh, I'm sure you were great. I didn't. I did see my it. best. The, the pacing, yeah, is rough. The in which is bad. every five seconds, Gomez is singing, and you're like, he does sing again. You know, it reminds me. It's like reminiscent of Tevia. Um, a little bit, except for not nearly as lovable or as like. No, and it's too long. That's the thing. Yeah. Is like every one of his like asides is too long. So well, like he has like four reprises of the same song. Correct. The yep. pacing is bad. Mm-hmm. I, where you could cut some of that and have it be a line and, and cut on. the dumb moon thing. The, it's weird. The plot maybe, revolves around Wednesday and Lucas, but they're barely in it. Sure. We yeah. will maybe maybe we'll do Adams as a deep dive someday. I but have, I would um, like it. it's on my list. Sure. In, in my brain. When you are returned. So uh sure. guys, you won technically, but <laughs> I think with I, a little we won on a technicality. <laughs> I think with a little help from some very specific readings from me. But yes. uh here's the thing. Guys, if, listeners, if you have any kind of time, um like just Google bad New York Times reviews <laughs> oh, because it's a good time. here's the thing, they're not they're not just for theater. There's like an amazing scathing review of Guy Fieri's, uh New York Times restaurant. Oh no! Uh, that is also hilarious and like mean. <laughs> and now we know like Guy Fieri is like a hero of the pandemic. But yes, um, it's still a great read. So if you are into that sort of thing, do yourselves a favor, hit the old fire up that old Google machine uh, and take a look for yourselves. And uh, they're all pretty great. And like I said, we had a couple on here that like I didn't read. Um, this one is from Crybaby, and it just says, "Brace yourself for a shock, gentle theater goer." There's no delicate way of putting this. Crybaby is tasteless. When I said tasteless, I meant without flavor. Sweet, sour, salty, putrid, or otherwise. This show is in search of an identity that has all the saliva-stirring properties of weak-old pre-chewed gum. Ew. (laughs) Sure. So just a fun time. Glad you didn't read that one because I don't know Crybaby at all. Like, like, what even is that? John Walters. Great movie. Check it out. If you like Hairspray, it's kind of similar. The movie stars a young Johnny Depp. Sure. Cute. I only know one song from Crybaby. Sure. That's the only reason. That I, I don't know it. anything about it. Sure, Screw um, Loose. It's a great song. Yeah, okay, I'll check it out. Uh, guys, cool, man. Did Thanks, it. Karen, uh, for bringing these because this sure. is hilariously fun. Um, uh, we will do this again potentially, but I think for now we will exit stage left fall by Ben Brantley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.